Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. The turkey did not come out well. I was talking about you on Thanksgiving because of your fried turkey, and I said, you know what, I'm just going to do that next year for you guys because I can't deal with this crappy turkey anymore. <laughs> this is ridiculous. <laughs> this is the third year in a row that the turkey came out horrible. I, I was, what are we doing here? Who's cooking I, the turkey? Uh, well, that's that's the thing that's so confounding about it is it's my mother-in-law who is an amazing cook. Just abs- everything she does, she knocks out of the park, cannot t- uh, cook a turkey to save her life. Oh, wow. So, yeah, bizarre. So I'm doing that next year. Um, but other than that, it was great. But we have so much stuff to talk about. We can we can yes. BS the rest of the week. because Because uh, uh, yesterday was just a, a part of the story of all the crazy stuff that happened. But I really do think that we need to start and talk about Tennessee and, and Greg Schiano and how this went down. Because there is... Nothing more sports fan of today than what happened at Tennessee with Greg Schiano yesterday, where you had you know people getting out into the streets, people on social media, people taking bits of information about Greg Schiano and his past that may or may not be true to slander him in a way to make sure they didn't get that job, pretending to be outraged about something uh, that... Really, they didn't care all that much about. They just cared about the fact that they weren't getting John Gruden or they weren't getting all these other names, Dan Mullen, Chip Kelly, Scott Frost, whomever else, Matt Campbell. They weren't getting any of those guys. So Greg Schiano, a name that seemingly popped out of nowhere that they wanted no part of because they deserve the best of the best and forget about any of the good things that he did in his past. Let's dig up this little anecdote that may or may not be true, and there's more supporting that it is not true than it is true, to go out and paint on rocks on the campus and protest against this, so much so that the university gets spooked and backs out of the deal. I mean, this is a disgusting display, and one that if I am a candidate for that job, and I have other options, and I don't have Tennessee ties, isn't a dream job for me, I'm looking at that whole mess and saying, no thanks. Well, clearly, they went out and they attempted to sully this man's reputation. And I don't know uh, one way or the other if he was privy to what was going on there at Penn State. He's always maintained his innocence in that situation. I'll I'll take the man at his word. Uh, But it wasn't a home run hire. If you don't believe it's a home run hire, just come out and say that. But to dig up dirt and, and to dig up this type of information and then assign it to his rep, that is totally wrong. I'm with you 100% there. I didn't like to hire just on the face of it. What has Greg Schiano done? He, yeah, he had about a, a, a one game over 500 at Rutgers. 
Uh, other than that, nothing. His coaching career at the NFL, nothing there at Tampa Bay to speak of. He's been an assistant there at Ohio State for a couple years, just moved up to the defensive coordinator position about two years ago. So other than that, I, you know, he has done nothing in the way that I thought he deserved to be the head coach at the University of Tennessee. And unlike the show I was just listening to prior to us coming on, I believe that is still a coveted job. That's one of the best jobs you can have in all of college football. So I wasn't even thinking about uh, Joe Paterno and Jerry Sandusky when I first heard the name. I was thinking, what the hell has Greg Schiano done as a head football coach? Really, nothing that would lead you to believe that he was worthy of getting this job. And second and foremost, the reason the fans were irate and there was a huge uproar should have been because this wasn't a sexy home run hire. But I don't think you're going to have a sexy home run hire unless you go out and get a Scott Frost. Looks like he may be heading to see Mama there in his alma mater in Nebraska. Other than that, John Gruden's not going to come coach college football. He wants right. to coach in the NFL. So that's a pipe dream. Quit putting his name out there just because he has ties to the university and he met his wife there. He's not coming to coach at Tennessee. So this was more about, to me personally, this was more about this not being a home run hire, but who is going to be a home run hire? Right. Well, that's exactly the problem in the corner that you paint yourself in when you start to believe that John Gruden was a real possibility. Because then anybody who's not John Gruden, and there's a couple other names out there that probably would have satisfied them at least a little bit, but anybody else out there, they're going to be upset. And you're absolutely right. This was not about his history at Penn State. Those Tennessee football fans don't care about that. They probably didn't even know about that story until they started learning more about Greg Schiano and his past and then said this is the way to get him out of this job this is the thing that will spook the AD and spook everybody in power at Tennessee to get him out of the job and that's what's so disgusting to me is that I mean there's what I know you care about the football program but we gotta now paint on rocks Schiano covered up child rape at Penn State and if you look into the story, basically, it's it's one testimony of a gazillion that Mike McQuarrie made, yeah. which is a third-hand account of this, where he said that many years ago he had a conversation with Tom Bradley, uh, who was there for a defensive assistant, who was there for the longest time, was interim head coach after Paterno ended up having to resign the whole deal. But he's there with, with Bradley, and Bradley said that you know years prior in the early 90s when McQuarrie wasn't even a thought in the Penn State program that Shiano had mentioned to him he saw something. So you're talking about a third-party hearsay through this that was never investigated further than just that. I mean, and, and every little ounce of this was investigated. They take that, and then they say Shiano covered up child rape at Penn State on a rock and used that thing when the only thing they cared about was Shiano not being a good enough candidate to coach their football team. If this was, if you put the same little nugget of Shiano's past with the resume of a coach that they wanted, you think that they'd be talking about this? Hell no. No, I, I would agree. And and maybe that was an outlier. Uh, maybe there was one or two in that number who went there with the the, the – 
happenings at Penn State, but for the one most or two, part, it was everywhere. Well, they, well, well that they, was the thing. It, it, it was everywhere. It, it shouldn't have been everywhere, and maybe people started. It went viral because one or two people put it out there, but that wasn't the real reason. This man, they had to walk back to hiring of Greg Schiano. The real reason they walked back to hiring because he wasn't a. It wasn't a home run hire. I don't know who would be a home run hire, but John Curry, uh, he should not have gone this route from the get go. In my estimation, there's no way he should have gone this route. He should have. You. Why didn't you pick up the phone and, and maybe call uh, uh, Kevin Sumlin? Why aren't you calling one of your own, a T. Martin, who's an offensive coordinator? And don't give me this crap about, well, you had not been a head coach. That only applies. That prerequisite only requires or is only brought up when you're talking about a certain demographic. Dan Mullins with the Mississippi State, he had no head coaching experience. He'd been an offensive coordinator during the good years there in Florida. Now he's going back to Florida as their new head coach. But I would have picked up the phone and called T. Martin ASAP. Hey, any interest in coming back home? We have a street named after you on our campus. You led us to a national title. Come back and lead this program. But did he do that? No. He went the easy route, going and get a Greg Shiana because he knew John Gruden wasn't going to even entertain coming back to college ball. Why would he? I don't blame him. I'd sit right where I sit in that on my perch overseeing Monday night football, bringing in a ton of cash and not having the headache of dealing with a fan base as rabid as Tennessee. So John Curry, he's the one who went, who went about this in the wrong manner. Let's see, manner and let's see where they turn now. But it, it's obvious that you had some kooks out there that wanted to bring this up, dig up any dirt they could on Greg Schiano, fair or unfair, and they succeeded in that. But the real reason this guy should not have been considered is because of his track record as a head coach. Yeah, and I don't know if he would have been the worst person for the job. I mean, I really don't know how it would have worked out. I mean, if you you can make a case that he would have been okay. It did surprise me that this was the hire, and this is before I even thought about any of the Penn State stuff coming up. Um, but I mean, you could you could make a case. All right, you know the the Rutgers thing and having some success there, and then getting his teeth kicked in in the NFL, maybe humbled him a bit, and then he's at Ohio State, and then maybe he learns some things there, and he, he he shows up and brings some discipline, and that's what he's known for, and he's a defensive guy. Like Maybe you can make a case, but it did still surprise me that, that he was the guy, and you talk about who is going to be there next. I mean, it's going to have to be a T. Martin type because if it's not someone who absolutely loves Tennessee football that has it, made it part of their lives – that has ties to that program, that lives and dies with the wins and losses, that it's been a major chunk of their life. It's either It has to be a guy like that, or it has to be someone now that would never get a head coaching job in any sort of situation because of what just happened here. That would scare the hell out of me if I was a coach who was saying, what's the right next move for me? In my career, where is the place? And seeing the outcry here, seeing the craziest here, craziness here, seeing the fact that anybody but John Gruden is going to upset this fan base to the point where they are protesting, they're out in the streets, mm-hmm. makes me think that I'll either stay where I'm at or I'll wait for another job before I take this Tennessee job right well, now. They already knew they would be stepping into a situation where the, the fans, the boosters, are going to have a lot to say uh, about this program and where it's headed. So you've got to come in uh, with your head down and making sure uh, you're focused on the job at hand, but you also are mindful that this is a fan base that loves their football. You're in the big, bad SEC, and they don't like being bottom dwellers. 
0-8 in conference play. That's never happened in the history of that program. And, and so you, you, I think there's a, some talent in that locker room. Bush Jones just wasn't the guy to lead that talent. But the program, as far as that football team, even though they didn't win a conference ball game, I think they're in a better place than they were before Bush Jones took over. So you come in there and you notice I've got a great opportunity. I may be paid well, number one. And, yeah, i got to deal with these crazy, but I'm going to be paid well. I'm playing in the SEC East. I've got a chance with all the support from this administration to turn this thing around. So I think it's still a coveted gig. And, it, you know, is it up there like it once was, uh, uh, high on the pedestal? Maybe not, but I still think it's a coveted gig, and there are going to be people lining up to take this job. All these crazy folks on the sidelines be damned. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I don't know. I'd Does take it, it in a heartbeat. Yeah, well, I know. Okay, you would maybe. I'd but, take it. I mean, but I, I just, I would be, I would be so scared. And who knows? It might happen again. Like that's that's the problem. If you what? don't come up with someone at the fan base, because because now they've done it once, right? So now basically the fans are running the search because if the fans and the boosters and the politicians there don't like it, then that decision be damned. So you basically need to now run this higher by everybody. It's almost like that thing with the Ravens with uh, uh, asking their, their season ticket holders if bringing right. Colin Kaepernick was something Steve that was Biscotti, good. Steve Biscotti, yeah. Yeah, I mean, come on. Yeah. And this is basically what you got to do here. I mean, it makes me and, – and I'm not saying that Greg Schiano is, is, was the right guy. I fully understand, and I'm not talking about Penn State. I fully understand his resume as a head coach and to say that this is probably not the best fit at Tennessee. Uh, but, I mean, <laughs> what like what are they going to be okay with? Like, and, and, and it makes me sick to see the fans – have that much control and, like, public outcry be able to get in the way of something like this. I just wonder if this is the the first of many of these well, in sports that we see. John Kerry needs to answer. Are you running the ship? Is, is there a, a committee, uh, like a search committee, like a lot of these universities employ? Are they directing this? Who is ahead of this? I mean, he needs to stand up and say, I, I, I'm, I got the stones. This is my baby, and I'm going to decide who's going to be the head coach. He needs to step out front and announce. Who is controlling this process? Well, it's clearly not him anymore because yeah. we learned that yesterday who's in control of the process, well, that's why, and it's anybody but him. Well, that's why even more so now he needs to get out in front of this and say, wait, what happened here uh, was wrong, and, and, and he, maybe he just needs to lie. Hey, we weren't that far down the road with Greg Schiano. Uh, all those reports were wrong. Yes, we had had conversations with him, but there were other people we were having conversations with as well. Uh, so he needs to say something so he can get control of this situation and be an athletic director and go out and choose he or the search committee he's hired, if that's the case, hire who they think is correct for this position. And I didn't think Greg Schiano was the person. Yeah, and and, and, you're pro- and a lot of people agree with you, sure. Um, but I still don't think, whether he's the person or not, that public outcry and the main reason why there was outcry was the – the issue at Penn State that, that we've talked about in yeah. detail, um, to me, that, that stuff shouldn't happen. It's ludicrous. You know? I'm with you. That's, that's, that's ludicrous. That's the lowest common denominator. Okay, you don't like the hire. You don't think it's a big enough splash. Fine. Come out and say that. Point to his record. But to go there digging in the crates trying to find dirt on the man, and you can't even corroborate that he had anything to do with that, that's just wrong, and it's ludicrous, and it shouldn't occur. I'm with you.
Yeah, and, and I wonder, what I really, really wonder is would the outcry, because I think that they needed that Penn State morsel to get this done, because I wonder if the public outcry without that would have pressured Tennessee as much as it did yesterday to back out of the deal. Because I, I, I don't know, I mean, that some protests on campus, some people being upset, um, I don't know if that would have been enough. But when you started having, you, know, you you brought in, that picture was everywhere of that spray paint on the rock. I mean, and, and stuff like that, I mean, will will scare a lot of people. I think I saw the word spooked oh, a lot wow. yesterday. They were spooked. And it just, listen, I, and, and I it's, it's a, this is a tough thing to talk about because I'm with you too because Shiano, uh, probably not the right guy. But at the same time, I want to defend him yeah. because I think this is bullcrap, and, and right? It, it, like, is, it, it is. It is bullcrap. And, and a large majority of those folks who were buying into that bullcrap will be spooked if it's T. Martin who's announced as the new head coach because of the color of his skin. But he, like I said, he won a national title there. He's been an offensive coordinator there at USC, big-time program, won a, a, a Rose Bowl a season ago. And, and now the guy it has a street named after him on, on campus. Why isn't he in that number? Why aren't you dialing his phone right now? Why weren't you dialing it before this mess? Yeah, I'm surprised they didn't at least talk to him, but that's where they have to go now. Uh, and I, I don't know. You'd know better than me. You know, how they would take that hire, but it seems to me on the no, surface you know, that they... you know well, how no, they would take that. That would be something that would be spooked by his pigmentation, but the hell with them. It's the well, right hire, and as I said earlier, Dan Mullen didn't have any head coaching experience when he got a job in the SEC, so don't tell me that, that T. Martin needs head coaching experience. He's been coaching at a big-time program, I, 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 even though it's out there on the West Coast. The guy yeah. knows football, and he's from the South, So and he, and he knows that that uh, program throughout, and you've got street, a street named after him. You, you, you have a national championship on your ledger because of him. Why aren't you blowing up his phone? Isn't there a street named after him, too? Yes, on campus. <laughs> no, I know. You mentioned that a couple times. There's a street I named just... after him, and there's a street <laughs> named after someone else with his pedigree that had brought them a national title. <laughs> he would already be the head coach at the University of Tennessee. But... But he's black, Brian. Exactly. <laughs> no. Boom. That's some no, but, show I can't stand, says. Uh, <laughs> uh, anyway, I think that the higher would. I'm a little more positive about it, and you know that I'm not naive when it comes to those issues. I'm a little bit more positive about the reaction that the fan base at least would have to a T. Martin hire. I think that it wouldn't be. I think it would be received well. I, I really do believe that, uh, especially with all these other options that they were set on becoming non-realities, I really do believe that it would be received better than than you think. So we'll see if that's the route that they end up going or they even look there at all. All right, 855-212-4CBS is the number to call the show this morning. What would you think about Tennessee having to back out of this Greg Schiano deal yesterday? It was just amazing to watch it all unfold. 855-212-4227. We'll come back with a bogus update and plenty more. Just getting started. Keep it right here. Talk to Geo and Jones now. 855-212-4CBS. Surprise. Usually it takes you longer to get sick of something. Well, than that. Uh, true. It's a pretty but, long video. It's more like a it's, it's more like a thriller. Maybe not as long as thriller, but they set it up and all that. I'm sick of it. Done. Okay. All right. Done. We, we, we got it. 
Did you know that there's a street named after T. Martin at the University of Tennessee? <laughs> T. Martin Drive, man. <laughs> I'm looking at it right now. T. Martin Drive by. Yeah, <laughs> it's right. It's, it's uh, <laughs> it's right there next to the the river. So yeah, come on, be- beautiful place. He's your T. Man. Martin. T. Martin Drive. It's uh, it's not very very long. It's sort of circular oh. in a sense. Well, of course, it's like Black History Month. Come on, it, it's right it's by. It's right by the stadium there, of course, naturally. <laughs> you can laugh, and... Bogus. <laughs> no. so, when, when it's funny, I'll laugh. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> Look at that. Hey, Bogus, what's going on, hey, man? Greg, how are you? you? You didn't expect it to be a boulevard, did you? It's one of those planters in the middle, tree line, too. It's over there, trust me. I mean, you can barely see it. Look hard. Yeah, it's, it's actually not T. Martin Drive. It's T. Martin Driveway. Yeah. It's just one. <laughs> one way, someone, dead end. Someone's driveway where they park their cars. Hey, yeah, go ahead. Park on the grass. Yeah, we'll pave it at some point. <laughs> yeah, if he ever becomes the co-chair, maybe. Uh, Bogus, you have a nice family Thanksgiving? Uh, we did, yeah. No uh, no drama. Everything was cooked fairly well. Turkey apparently. was good. Turkey was good. Yeah, okay. Had some leftovers more than once this weekend. Oof. Yeah, things were going, things went well. Oh, man, I tell you, I, I felt bad complaining about it, but everybody was on the same page. It just, the turkey was just an atrocity. Come just on, an absolute Mama. atrocity. I think she actually cooked it upside down, too. <laughs> I'm not kidding. I, I, I think she did. And I didn't want to even say anything about that. Well, you got to flip it in the middle. You got to flip it. My wife bought big rubber, like, oven gloves to pick the bad boy up and turn it over. Oh, so the juices could flow both ways. uh Uh-huh. Well, just go the fry route. Well, well, excuse me. Yeah. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah, I I mean, she could cook everything, my mother-in-law. Amazing. She makes homemade gnocchi pasta, you know, and does that whole thing. I mean, it's unbelievable. Everything else she does is great. She cannot cook a damn turkey where do you, you get yours from somewhere down south and they ship it to you or yeah, something yeah uh, cajun grocer down in uh, lafayette louisiana baby always they, just right and then so they they fry it already they and then send it, it up and season and then it you re you reheat it you reheat it stick that bad boy in the oven about an hour and a half two hours and uh, okay. you're good to go Mm-hmm. All right, that's what I'm doing next year. I don't care. Come on, yeah. I don't care if it's five hundred dollars. I'm doing it. I'm not no. going through that. I'm not going through that crap again. I can't do it. All right, Bogus, what you got for us, man? I got ten catches for Antonio Brown on Sunday Night Football. Number nine was as clutch as they come, as you'll hear in Bill Hillgrove's voice on Steeler Radio. Then goes shotgun with 17 seconds from his 30. He's back. He throws to the near sideline, and the pass is caught out of bounds near sideline. Are they going to say it's out of bounds? So exciting. Uh, No, they (laughs) said Brown somehow got both feet in. It was a remarkable catch, followed by a more regular routine one from Brown. The duo set up Chris Boswell's 53-yard field goal as time expired. The Steelers fighting off the Packers 31-28 for their sixth straight victory. It keeps them even with the Patriots atop the AFC at 9-2. and two. Meanwhile, Mike McCarthy's team did everything, apparently, except win. On the focus of how we wanted to play the game, we, we hit the target there. Um, the ability to get the takeaways, I, I thought it was very big for our defense. Uh, I thought we did a lot of good things in all three phases. Uh, but, you know, we we're, were one play short. God, he's so Pittsburgh. Yeah. He's so Pittsburgh still. <laughs> we got a lot of this uh, quarterback room. These guys, Brett Hundley and Joey McMullen. These guys will have them around here and have around here for, for 15 years. You didn't even know about it. Take a deep yeah, breath. We're, yeah, we're, 
Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, we did well. Listen, we're playing great football. We don't need no Aaron Rodgers. That guy, Barrett says, Aaron Rodgers' season's over. Season's not over. Look, we got Brett Hundley. Look at him, but twenty-eight points. You see that two and eight up there on the scoreboard? Is not big enough for you? <laughs> <laughs> uh, Colin Kaepernick. What are you talking about? No Kaepernick. We got we got, we got uh, uh, Teddy uh, Cheeseface <laughs> Junior. Who's been here? Been here? Yeah, that's right. Cheeseface Junior. Yep. Yeah, we've had him. He's taken some second team reps for the first time. We got a lot invested in these guys, all right? So I don't know what you're talking about. Oh, Colin Kaepernick hates our country. <laughs> you done, coach? <laughs> Thanks, hey, coach. coach, what do you think about coaching in Tennessee? <laughs> as long as they don't hire a black guy, that's all I care about. Because that would be atrocious. Uh, so McCarthy's Packers uh, are now five and six. The aforementioned Brett Hundley did throw three touchdown passes last night after two total in his previous starts for the injured Aaron Rodgers. The Eagle winning streak is nine after a 31-3 demolition of the Bears, but the Saints' eight-game run died in L.A. 26-20 to the Rams, and the Chiefs fell at home to the Bills 16-10. Alex Smith and KC have dropped five of six. Certainly frustrated for sure, yeah. I'm a little shocked there. No doubt. I mean, I think this is uh, felt like we were going to bounce back, come back, get back into rhythm on offense, and, and certainly from the get-go didn't do that. Tyrod Taylor did not throw five first-half interceptions in his return to the starting lineup. No picks at all in a TD pass to rookie Zay Jones in the win. Seattle, a 24-13 victory in San Francisco. The Raiders down the Broncos 21-14 after Michael Crabtree <laughs> and Aqib Tlaib were tossed for their latest fight. Tennessee snuck out of Indy 2016 and the Jaguars lost in Arizona 27-24 on Phil Dawson's career-long 57-yard field goal with one second left. In non-Greg Schiano coaching news, not sure if Kevin Sumlin's black or Jewish agent negotiated this, <laughs> but what a good job. Texas A&M fired Sumlin yesterday but owes him $10.4 million within the next 60 days, and that sum doesn't oh. change if he gets right. another job. No offsets. My yeah. goodness. Uh, Ari- I'll do that. Arizona State <laughs> fired Todd Graham yesterday while Florida hired yes. Dan Mullen away from Mississippi State. <laughs> Mullen was the Gators' offensive coordinator when they won the national title in 06 and 08. I'm assuming you're celebrating Graham out, not Mullen yeah. in, right? Okay. Right, right. No, absolutely. I mean, that guy is just he, – he was the worst. Some of the stories when he was here in Pittsburgh, just an absolute jerk. In one And the year. one that was – well, the, what's that? In one year, you had all yeah, those bad stories. Exactly. He used to tell the kids, you know, I don't know why you're not listening to me. I'm going to make more money than you'll ever make in your lives. Uh, <laughs> they pay me millions of dollars. He would say that to the kids during practice. And this was the worst. So when all the Arizona State rumors were coming out and he was going to leave after a year, after he said he was going to be there forever and it was his dream job and there was some, they had some issues with finding coaches after once that. So these rumors come out. They're calling the AD at the time, Steve Peterson, and E.J. Borghetti, who was the SID and uh, associate athletic director. They're calling him, calling him, calling him. He's not picking up the phone. They just want to – I mean, they understand coaches leave. They just want to hear it from him, right? So he's ignoring all their phone calls. So E.J. Borghetti drives to the guy's house, right? Drives to Todd Graham's house. Todd Graham is there. E.J.'s on his doorstep, knocking on the door. And he would not open the door for him. He said, go away. <laughs> go away! <laughs> and the guy just goes, we just want to hear it from you. We just want to talk to you for a second. We understand. He goes, no, EJ, don't bother me. Go away. So you know what? This is good to see him get his uh, kermuppance 
if you will. Well, Todd he, he, Graham's he, team <laughs> out there. <laughs> yeah, that's right. One of our greatest moments on Gio Jones during the draft special. Uh, he's a different cat. I, I uh, met with him on numerous times when they allowed me in broadcast booths, and, and we would call uh, his games when he was there at Rice. And uh, he, he is a different dude. You are correct. And and it's interesting, though, this, this firing of uh, Todd Graham, because that program, it was in a bad place before he took over. And even their athletic director, Ray Anderson, he has stumbled and contradicted himself with the firing of Todd Graham, thanking the man for all the positives he, he brought to the program. And while they haven't won 10 or 11 ball games annually, uh, they are winning eight you know, ball games. It seems like he had a bad year a, a year ago. He's, got, he's sitting there at 7-5 and five, uh, this season. And, and they've improved their GPA if you are to buy into all this student-athlete uh, mumbo-jumbo. Uh, but he thanked him for all of that, and yet uh, we're showing you the door. Uh, so I guess they, they're aspiring to be more than what he has brought uh, there to uh, to the Sun Devils. And Kevin Sumlin, who was let go, as, as Bogus just uh, mentioned, he has been tied to that program. There have been rumors about him heading there once everything is uh, solidified with A&M and, and his release. Uh, and he has recruited Arizona quite a bit. He's gotten a lot of talent out of that state. So it uh, seems like it would be a natural fit. We'll see what happens uh, with him uh, sliding over there to uh, Arizona or Arizona State. But Kevin Sumner has some other underlying issues going on with with, with him. And, 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 and when you look at why he was let go, another guy wins eight you know, nine ball games, one eleven when he had Johnny Manziel there, and of course knocked off uh, uh, Alabama in that one season. Uh, you know, he, the issues with him are he can't, he doesn't manage his staff well. I was working the phones yesterday, mm. and, and, and oh! you know, I, 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 they were telling me he 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 he, can't, he has trouble managing his staff. Uh, that's a big issue. Uh, there, there's some discipline issues as well. Uh, but yeah, it looks like he's going to get paid handsomely to leave Texas A&M and 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 possibly. Uh, land there at, at Arizona State, so uh, a, a good deal for him uh, to find a landing spot as and, and a and a good job there at Arizona State uh, if that's what transpires. Jones on the phone. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And and you know you got all this talk about Jimbo Fisher. Would he possibly go to Texas A and M? Scott Woodard to AD there. Uh, he and Fisher were together at LSU way back when when Nick Saban was the head coach, so they know each other. And Jimbo, you know he, his current. Athletic director at, at Florida State. The guy comes from uh, Notre Dame. They're not jiving as far as all this APR and the way and, and manner in which Jimbo Fisher wants to go about uh, bringing players into into the fold at Florida State. So uh, while on the surface it looks like it would be a foolish move by Jimbo to go from Florida State to Texas A&M, uh, it, it may actually happen. I wouldn't be surprised if it happens, considering the, the prior relationship between he and the AD at A&M Woodard and, and the fact that uh, he probably have a little bit more leeway in how he builds his, his roster there at Texas A&M. You guys know that T. Martin has a street named after him on <laughs> campus? <laughs> Yeah, yeah how, many okay, other right. brothers, how many other brothers can say that? Mm-hmm. Martin Luther King Jr., that's it. <laughs> <laughs> On that note, uh, there was college basketball last night. I don't talk college basketball. My damn horns suck. Just like a Jeez. football team. All right, Greg, back to you. See you up, in an 16, hour. up 16 versus Duke, bogus. 16. I saw that. God, and lose the game. Then they come have an epic run last night or yesterday afternoon versus Gonzaga and lose that one. I thought they won in overtime yesterday. No, lost in overtime. Sorry, sons of. <laughs> yeah. All right. 
So, uh, and no hockey <laughs> scores there, Bogus? You know what? Uh, the Edmonton Oilers did win 4-2 in Boston uh, early yesterday evening. So there you go. All right. Yeah. All right, nice. Mm-hmm. All right, 855-212-4CBS. If you want to join the show, we're going to have open phones with Jones where we talk some college football coming up in a little bit. Uh, let's talk some more of those college football hirings next, though. Chip Kelly, yeah. Dan Mullen, uh, the ones we didn't really spend that much time on. We'll get to those next. Keep it right here. Follow us on Twitter at Geo and Jones. Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. There were two options for Chip Kelly. One of them was Florida, real options. The other was UCLA. UCLA dispatched Jim Moore Jr. in order to get in on the Chip Kelly stuff as soon as possible because Florida was hot on the trail of Chip Kelly, and they ended up getting their man as he decides to get back into coaching by taking that job. As as much of a misfit as Chip Kelly was in the NFL, and I didn't like him in, in the NFL, he's as good of a fit in college football, in my opinion. And I think that either one of those jobs he would have landed at is going to have success Maybe he's more comfortable on the West Coast. Not sure exactly what it was, money, whatever. Uh, But Chip Kelly back in college football I think is a really good thing. And and I don't see any real roadblocks to him not having success there. I really do believe that uh, you're with the resources, that program, his history, getting back in, being humbled possibly by the NFL – that he's going to go there and get started and be really good right away. Well, gee, the resources has been the issue. Now, you've had a big-time booster uh, step up and who's going to eat a lot of this, what a lot of the monies that's owed the prior staff uh, there with Jim Mora and also fund this incoming staff, uh, which is headed by Chip Kelly. Now, they, they need to upgrade facilities, which they've done somewhat. You have an, a, a hotel overlooking the practice field. That's not ideal. Uh, for any head coach taking over, and then you need a you need a cafeteria year round, uh, a, a dining hall for the athletes. That's that's par for the course everywhere except for it seems like UCLA, uh, and we didn't have it when I was there. And so you need a nutritionist. There are a lot of things that he needs to lobby for, and apparently he did before he said yes to UCLA. Uh, so uh, w- I think it's from a coaching standpoint, can he turn the ball, uh, turn the team around and, and can he infuse it with a lot more talent? Well, he did that at Oregon, so his track record there uh, it leads you to believe that he can. And he recruited California quite a bit. He recruited out of Texas quite a bit as, as well. It was interesting. I got some calls uh, when the news came down. Uh, the other day, I think it was Friday, uh, I got calls from from uh, friends of that program, guys that had played at that program, and not just football players, some older heads who had played basketball there, and they were concerned about the Chip Kelly that was fired at Philly and everything that occurred there with LaShawn McCoy and Deshaun Jackson and the allegations levied against Chip Kelly as far as him not liking black players and, and, and uh, reportedly saying to Deshaun Jackson he had gangster ties and and things of that nature and we all sifted through that when that was ongoing a couple seasons ago and and so it was interesting that that was brought back to my attention I had not heard anything like that during his college uh, career and uh, it was only once he got there to Philadelphia but uh, that did resurface uh, once uh, he he, it was uh, the news broke that he was going to UCLA 
Yeah, I just he didn't know how to handle veteran players in the NFL. I mean, I, I really don't believe that the man is a racist at all. I think that there was a couple of situations that he mishandled there. I think it had to, to be with the fact that there were certain veterans in the NFL that had gotten used to their routine, whatever it was, and he wasn't used to that. And his his people skills when it came to dealing with an NFL locker room were not good. So I really think that you you got to toss that out. It just it was not a good fit. Um, and he he didn't know what he was doing. He thought he could run that NFL program like he ran Oregon, and it wasn't going to work that way. You can't just bring in some of the players that you loved in college or guys like that, and then get rid of all the talent because you don't like an attitude from them. And and then that's just not going to work in the NFL. And, and- Right, and he may be like a lot of other coaches who came from the collegiate ranks and did not fare well at the NFL level. Steve Spurrier comes to mind. Nick Saban comes to mind. So guys who were great on the on the college uh, gridiron, not so much when you and when when it turns uh, when it turns interns uh, with uh, what the hell am I trying to say? Not so great in terms of uh, being a, a solid coach at the NFL level. And as far as Dan Mullen goes, I'm sick of hearing people look at the negatives of him and, oh, he's not, he couldn't beat this team or look at these big games that he's lost. I mean, this is the classic glass half full, glass half empty look at a guy. And, and to me, to, to have Mississippi State as competitive as they have been, where they play is amazing what he's been able to do. I mean, to be able to recruit to that program, to compete – I mean, I know if you want to say that, all right, he's never had that big win on his resume, and he, you know, Alabama he will wreck him every time. Sure, but I mean, he would have been long gone from Mississippi State if he was beating Alabama every year, and uh, it's just a very, very, very difficult thing to do. I think that Florida got a great head coach, head coach in Dan Mullen. I know that they were very excited about Chip Kelly, but uh, th- when they say non-sexy hire, uh, Dan Mullen, the best available that was left there. I don't think so. I mean, I think that he's a better coach than that and deserves more credit than he's he's getting. I think he'll do a fine job there. He, he absolutely did more with less there at Mississippi State. Uh, he, he didn't recruit four and five stars. They recruited one stars, two stars, three stars, and they coached them up. And they were rolling this year until they ran into Georgia and, and Auburn. And, of course, they lost the Egg Bowl uh, this past weekend, losing their quarterback, Nick Fitzgerald, with that ghastly injury early in that ball game. Alabama, uh, they played them very, very close and had a chance to win there at the end but couldn't get it done. So he has coached up some some offensive guys, some quarterbacks. You go back to Alex Smith at Utah. You know what he did there at, at Florida with Tebow and those guys. They won national titles there at Florida. He goes to Mississippi State. And he had he doubled the winning percentage prior the eight years he was there. Uh, you know it was about six something, and, and the, the eight years prior to him it was in the three. So uh, he has uh, put that program on, on solid ground, and 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 so yeah, I, I, the higher it makes sense because he's been there in Gainesville, and and he's also worked with uh, Strickland, their, their AD. Strickland was at Mississippi State, so there's a familiarity uh, that you have there between those two, and they have been longing, clamoring for offense at Florida for a long, long time through the last few head football coaches. Jim McElwain, offensive guy, they thought he could turn it around. You know, Muschamp brought in multiple offensive coordinators. They thought he could turn it around. Had the great defense, but that didn't happen. And so now Mullen, who had uh, a great experience there with his offenses, let's see if he can now turn it around. You would think 
going from one, two, and three stars to some five stars, some four and five stars, and now having some better clay to mold, and he, he should be able to jumpstart that offense. Eight five five two one two four CBS. Let's go to Travis in Pennsylvania. He's first up on CBS Sports Radio this morning. Good morning, Travis. How are you? I'm great, guys. Thanks for taking my call. First time caller, long time stalker on social media. You guys are awesome. <laughs> oh, thanks, thanks Travis. Uh, we appreciate that. Hey, um, just a couple couple of things. First of all, uh, as a Pitt fan, I have a very unique perspective. First of all, big shout out to Curry for making uh, Shiano's tenure the only head coach shorter than Mike Haywood's. Um, <laughs> the second the second point, like I, I'm, I was just happy to be on Twitter yesterday, and all of a sudden, like I see all this stuff coming up on Tennessee, and I start seeing these pictures, and I'm like, the only thing that was like remotely, no, it wasn't even remotely close. Like there was a big backlash whenever um, Stallings was brought in to coach Pitt basketball. And was it so much about Stallings or was it the process? And I I think ultimately it was more about the process. Now, uh, Stallings, nobody really feels like he's this slam-dunk coach. And, and Greg, I think your points about Shiano's um, resume sort of speak to that same kind of thing. This is not like a, wow, we just got Greg Shiano. Because I guarantee you nobody in the 412 was like, hey, we got Kevin Stallings. This is freaking awesome. (laughs) Just not going to happen. Um, and then my last thing, and this is this is more for Brian. Um, and Brian, just to, speaking to this point about Tennessee, did you know that there's a street in Tennessee named after Tim Martin? <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, Travis, for the month. Travis, thanks for the call, buddy. We appreciate it. <laughs> I was yeah. not aware of that information. I know. They should hire him just based on that. Yeah, exactly. Anytime you name a street after you, had to have done something good, right? Yeah, and that I remember that whole thing with Kevin Stallings. I mean, there was nothing on the resume or nothing in the past, rather, uh, that Stallings had, like the Penn State thing, that which I still think is a bunch of bull crap. And, yeah. and no one's ever going to know the true story about that. But the fact that it wasn't investigated any further, and it, it was like third party, it, that stuff doesn't hold up in court. Third yeah. party, mm-hmm. word of mouth garbage with, with Greg Schiano. But I mean, the power that the fans have, is stronger today because of social media yeah. than it ever has been. And it scares me to death for a lot of different places that are making hires in sports that they have to adhere to that stuff. you got to have some real balls and some real conviction yeah. you know, to be able to go and do what you want to do these days. Y'all take it easy on my boy Mike Haywood now. Come on. Yeah, I know. That is your guy. Oh, <laughs> Worst press conference I've ever seen in my life, by the way. I know it's your boy. Worst press conference I've ever seen. What are what's a pit player look like? Uh, Freddy Krueger. Excuse me. <laughs> what? Scary. <laughs> Gio and Jones come right back. CBS Sports Radio. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ucalypt Speed Test Intelligence Data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023.